0: It's time for Making It Personal, a personalized SC podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. All right, everyone, welcome back. My name is Carrie Fersner, your host of the Making It Personal podcast. And today I am joined by a very special guest. We have with us today Becky Funderburk. From Saluda Trail Middle School in Rock Hill, South Carolina. So, Becky, I'm gonna give you a quick second to introduce yourself to um, our audience and then we'll kind of jump into the conversation.
1: Great. Awesome. Thank you, Carrie, for having me. Um, I'm Becky Funderburg. I'm the instructional coach at Saluda Trail Middle School. Um, This is my fifth year as an instructional coach at Saluda Trail. um, And gosh, probably our fourth year of working with the Office of Personalized Learning. So I'm excited to share um, the journey and almost like an update of the journey of Saluda Trail Middle School. So thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. So we'll kind of start off, um, for those of you who have been tuning in in sequential order of our podcast, we've kind of been in a a mini series around our profile of the South Carolina graduate competencies. So that's going to kind of be the foundation of our conversation today. So Becky, I want to first start by asking you um, from, I guess, a high level administrative perspective, how did you all get started with even hearing about or and or using the SC competencies?
1: So our principal at the time, Ms. Alyssa Cox, was part of the committee um, that kind of helped vet the competencies as they were being developed. Um, and then we had a small team of teacher leaders that were also part of that conversation um, as the competencies were being written. So that's initially how we got started. Um, At that same time, we were just starting our approach to blended learning um, using blended learning in action by Catlin Tucker to kind of frame our work and just to start getting teachers to think differently. Um, So the competencies were the next layer of that. Once we got some structures in place in the classroom, Um, they kind of also fit fit really nicely with the project-based learning and the STEAM component that we have at Saluda Trail. Um, So it almost helped refine that process for teachers as well.
0: So I guess more specifically, um, when someone would look at the competencies at first glance, uh, Mm -hmm. there are 12 competencies, which we've already kind of covered in in previous episodes. And each of those competencies has a set of skills and each of those skills um, is built out into a continuum format. Um, which can be a lot if you're looking at everything at once. So I guess specifically, how did you all begin infusing the competencies in your work?
1: So we first, I think it's important to say how we even showed all of that to teachers. So um, we, once they were released and finalized, there was a one pager that just had the competencies, I believe, and kind of just a brief description of them. And we just provided that to teachers at the end of a faculty meeting, like, hey, this is what we've been working on behind the scenes, um, just kind of look at it. Just We just want you to have awareness of it. And then that following year, um, one of those work days when teachers were coming back on campus, we spent time with having them really dig deep into each of the competencies. We had them spread out through our media center and our large gallery area, had our teachers work through almost like a station rotation where they would look at the competencies and have a discussion about how they could be used in their classroom. So that's initially kind of how we started. Um, At the end of last year with our work with redesign, we really felt like our school really needed to move in the direction of learner profiles. Like we had our feet wet and all the other pieces of um, the little pinwheel that um, the Office of Personalized Learning has. But the learner profile piece was still something that we had not gotten off the ground yet. So um, we worked with a cohort of sixth grade teachers over the summer that were interested in doing this work. I think that's also very important um, to at first get those teachers that are really interested in trying something new um, to get your buy-in. So we worked on breaking competencies apart, looking at social emotional competencies, as well as a few academic competencies. And we're trying to really frame how our year started with our sixth grade students specifically. Our dream was to create a profile that would highlight the competencies at a high level, but would also serve as like a scrapbook and a portfolio for students that would travel with them all through their middle school here. Um, And then hopefully into our feeder system at South Point High School that's also starting this work. So we're hoping the cohort of sixth graders right now will have something that they'll use to help apply for colleges, help them um, showcase what they can do for job interviews. So really trying to create something that can be used ping a box on something that saying, yeah, we did that. Um, so we created these really great lessons um, around those social emotional competencies, sustaining wellness, engaging as a citizen and building networks and the teachers created those lessons. So after we um, analyzed and chose some skills within those competencies, because we did not choose all the skills within the competency, we chose maybe one or two. Then as a group, we tried to kind of gauge where a typical sixth grader would be on that continuum. And then once we kind of found where our range was, um, we used that to kind of guide the lessons that students would be doing lessons on how to extend gratitude. What does gratitude even mean? Um, those type of things. And the teachers designed those lessons and then delivered those lessons to students kind of as like a boot camp type, kind of get used to middle school, what's Saluda Trail all about. Um, but instead of us kind of gauging that off our mission statement and our PBIS initiatives, we use the competencies to drive that work which made it I think more meaningful and, and more structured. Um, so students are all working through a Google slide deck and they are creating their own profile within that slide deck using those competencies I just listed in addition to reading critically and reasoning quantitatively. Um, so that's kind of the work we, we started out with this, this for this school year with the competencies.
0: Wow, that sounds like a lot, and it sounds like awesome work. And so I have, like, I guess a a drilling in type of question um, to follow back up with what you shared. So from a student's perspective, um, let's say I am a a sixth grader and I'm just coming into this, uh, what would that experience look like for me to engage in the competencies in the way that they've kind of been structured? Mm -hmm. I heard you mention that um, not only are students looking at you know, the continuum, but there are lessons that have been built out to provide them opportunity to, I'm assuming, um, get exposure into these different concepts in a more meaningful way, and then maybe provide opportunity for them to um, to practice those skills. Could you tell me a little bit more from the student perspective what that experience might look like?
1: So the students, we spend a lot of time just with the onboarding of technology and how to store a slide deck appropriately in a folder that we'll be able to find when we could become a seventh grader. Um, and then also, you know, just to kind of touch on some challenges, we've had a lot of shifts in our instructional delivery and how that looks throughout this year with our district. So we, we tried to hit it and saturate it as much as we could at the beginning. Um, but then second quarter, it did kind of lose its luster um, a little bit just because of everything else that was being piled on. Um, But from a student perspective, um, their profile is almost like a a template basically. And there are different pieces that they fill in. So it's very much age appropriate. Um, Just to go on the extending gratitude that I spoke of earlier. They have a slide in their slide deck that has different boxes where I extend gratitude to family, friends, and new learning. So that kind of helps give um, a blueprint for teachers to also see how that can be used and also for students to have that structure. Um, and then the idea would be that um, teachers would have students go into that particular slide, maybe weekly or monthly, or whenever they felt like there was a need where we need to pause and let's extend some gratitude in our lives. It's kind of a way to, to constantly be updating um, those type of pieces. So for a student, you know, it is that whole building piece of them understanding what a profile is as well. And we did spend a little bit of time, you know, introducing that to them. We even gave them the competencies and walked them through a mini version of what we've done with our teachers, where they, they looked at the skills, they looked at the levels and, and kind of just dabbled in it because we wanted them to see the why behind what we were do, trying to do with them. But also our eighth grade is doing one as well and theirs has been more focused on the data piece. So for an eighth grade student, their profile is uh, much more data-driven. So um, for their profile, that's a one-on-one conference with the teacher. The student pulls up their profile on their laptop. The teacher pulls up the profile. And then they have a conversation um, around maybe it could be a formative assessment that has just been given. All right, let's talk about where your strengths are in this current standard that we're working on. And then this is some areas you need to work on. So. It takes passing back the test to a whole new level. Um, I've even had teachers time themselves to see how long it takes them to do one of those conversations. They can get it done in two minutes um, because they're so organized and the profiles so organized so well that it's not shuffling through papers. It's not a huge organizing feat. Um, they're able to sit there, have that conversation. And then the student knows, all right, now I'm gonna go on IXL And these are the things I need to choose to work on now that I know what skills I'm lacking before the next assessment is given. So um, that's been very impactful for them, for sure. So it sounds
0: like there's more opportunity for reflection and self-monitoring on the student's end, um, which, yeah, that's that's awesome. And it kind of speaks to, you know, increasing that student ownership and that Mm -hmm. student like voice and choice, but meaningful choice in what it is that they're doing. So that's awesome. For sure. So you mentioned, uh, I I guess, like one slight little struggle with, um, I guess, implementation. Are there any other struggle points that you all encountered um, as you are beginning to infuse um, the competencies in your work?
1: So I definitely think um, we definitely had very lofty goals for this year. So we did try to really do a whole lot. Um, even under the constraints of COVID, which was really crazy, but even the teachers were very motivated by this work because it was almost from the lessons we learned from being shut down all of the end of last year, the teachers had a whole new reason for these competencies. So they were like, no, this is important. We need to do this. So we started off, like I said, very strong, but then with all the shifts and schedules and how learning was happening, um, it had to be something that just laid load for a little while, um, but we have since, um, we have a new uh, commit to it initiative um, that has just started with, seventh, with sixth grade and eighth grade where those teachers were given a list of entry points, re-entry points to the profile and they have committed to doing one thing with it for the next month. Just for us to kind of dabble in it and see what's working and what's not, so that we can refine our approach for next school year. So that's a little bit of the struggle, but also kind of how we've um, tried to deal with that, so that um, the profile doesn't go away. And I feel like my my role as the instructional coach is to constantly unearth these things whenever um, teachers are in the right headspace. Because if you're throwing this on them when there are too many other things um, coming their way, then the competencies, they end up um, not liking them at all and you know not wanting to use them. And we don't want that. We want them to see this as a tool, a very meaningful tool um, for their instruction, not something additional that we're asking you to do.
0: Yeah, and I really like um, your strategy of the commit to it and like providing those options to reenter because I think sometimes when we do get started with something, if we see a little, you know, um, struggle or, you know, getting a little bit off track. Sometimes we abandon the things that could yeah. be most impactful to us. So I think that's awesome that you all are providing an option for teachers to just step back in and just mm-hmm. like try one new thing. And that's something that our office is always sharing with educators. It's okay to start a journey and take a pause, mm-hmm. but You know, when you feel comfortable and you're ready, you pick back up and you you try again in the way that makes sense for you, because, you know, this is all in the best interest of, you know, doing what's right for our students at the end of the day. So that's awesome. Now, the next thing I kind of want to ask you is what have you seen um, in terms of individual success stories from students? Can you think of any? success stories that make you go, wow, like, we're really on the right track here. Like, I can just see it.
1: You know, I can't pinpoint one specific example yet. I'm hoping after this month that I can get some more specifics. But I will tell you that the sixth grade teachers, after doing the lessons on gratitude, after talking about who's in your network, after talking about community service and those types of things, how I handle conflict, how I want my teacher to interact with me, what things bother me in the classroom, what things bother me in the hallway. Those types of things have set sixth grade. It's almost like the start for them was just so much better. Teachers have remarked that they are kinder to each other. You know, they're more, the awareness is there. So um, I think culturally of that grade level, you know, there's been a shift that, you don't normally see with um, sixth grade middle schoolers. So um, that's been really exciting. And then I do think, you know, watching teachers have those data conversations in eighth grade, seeing students motivated and knowing why they're doing what they're doing has also been huge.
0: I think that's that's so crucial and so important because I know that even at the middle school level, being a former middle school teacher, sometimes we, make an assumption that students should come in already knowing how to be a student and that's not always the case. And so we waste a lot of time uh, trying to fight these battles with students by only focusing on the content. Um, but I think it's so cool that you all have been able to take the competencies and use them in a way to to teach students how to be students, not just how to be students in your context, but how to be better people mm-hmm. and navigate them, the new environment that they're in. So that's awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think it, I think it's been really great. And I'm excited to see what revisions we make for, you know, the sixth grade, the next cohort of sixth grade students, and also to see how our seventh grade teachers, you know, take the baby, as I've been saying, you know, sixth grade's birthed a baby for you and they're passing it to you. (laughs) So, um, you know, seeing what adjustments they make to it and what tweaks they make to it, and then um, what eighth grade's working on too, trying to marry all that together um, is really exciting. So
0: I'm sure that you all kind of have to get together and reconfigure things once the year kind of simmers down. But um, are there any initial like next steps that are on your on your mind just off the top of your head as far as um, where you all started, but where you all will move next in terms of your um, competencies
1: implementation. Yeah, so the profile again, like I said, will be continued on. Um, so it'll be some onboarding that'll still need to be done with my seventh grade group of teachers. Um, they've been involved with the learning independently competency and gotten their feet wet with that one. But the profile does have, you know, a few more added into that. So um, I do have plans for the sixth grade teachers, some sixth grade students to present the profile to them, um, help them understand the purpose for it, the vision for it, and then um, they will take it and then make it their own. Um, we also, I also have, um, I'm trying to spread this work as much as I can at Saluda Trail. We're at a point now to where we've been talking about it and talking about it, now it's time to do something with it. So. I've developed six cohorts of teachers that are working through the learning strands that redesign in the Office of Personalized Learning has created in Canvas, self-paced courses. Um, so I kind of went through my staff and um, picked veteran teachers, picked new teachers. I chose teachers that might be working on certain skills. Like if I have a teacher that's working on her conferencing, I invited her to be part of that cohort on conferencing and feedback. So. Um, What I'm doing is I am kind of doing a hybrid version with them where they're doing some of the self-paced work in those courses that have already been built, which is amazing because that took a lot of load off of me. Um, And then I meet with them after each module. And that's when we can have conversation about, you know, what are your notices? What are your wonders? You know, what support do you need from me? You know, I had a great conversation with a group last week where they said, you know, it's great to match this competency to a hobby and on my self-regulated learning and how I do that, they were like, but we're not teaching them hobbies, we're teaching them standards. Like I need Mm -hmm. to know how this works with a standard. I was like, perfect. And we're gonna get to that. But then like being there, you know, small group, they're able to share those type of things. Um, So that's happening. Um, All six of them are going on now. And my goal for that is that those will be completed right before we start state testing. And those teachers will be the ones that help pilot those strands going into next school year. Whether that's them leading the conversations after each module, them providing a a professional development strand or a series based on that, if that's what teachers want to dive into, almost doing like a school-wide commit to it. So um, that's in the works Um, with the leadership team and our department chairs and um, teacher leaders. They are going through the Grading for Equity um, book right now. So Grading for Equity by John Feldman, I think is the author's name. Um, We are working through that book um, because with this competency work, our work with personalized learning, um, we need to do some shifts in our mindset for grading. And we knew that would come and and we feel like we are kind of at a place now as a school where we need to start exploring those deep-rooted belief systems with grading and how that's conflicting with the new new belief systems that we're developing with this work. So um, my hope is we just finished part one yesterday and that we would finish this book study before the end of the school year. And uh, this leadership group would help pilot the, a school-wide book study for next school year. So I always approach my book studies with a small group first, especially if it's something I want everybody to read because I need it to not come from me. I need it to be a collective group sending the message so that um, it's received. Like, you know, we are all in this together. This isn't the instructional coach saying we need to do this. This is all of us. Yes, this is something we need. So um, we've got a lot going on, but I'm very, I see, very (laughs) excited about what we're doing um, in the midst of everything going, you know, things we can't control. We're really trying to focus on what we can control and what mm-hmm. part of this work we can continue um, at our school. So it's fun, fun stuff. Yes,
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it all. That's so exciting. And I guess the most, ex- the most exciting part for me is your um, willingness to leverage teacher leadership. And, you know, include teachers and in in that whole process of onboarding and trying new things and and taking ownership and and leading the charge. So I love that. I love it. Mm. All right. We're going to take a very quick break, but then we'll be right back. All right, everyone. We are back with Becky from Saluda Trail Middle, and we are just in time for our special segment. This is a segment I like to call "Making It or Breaking It." So, Becky, you're going to have to share with us either a make, which could be a success, a highlight, or something that you've seen or that you're helping to um, to do to give personalized learning a shot with students in your context or you can share a break, which might be a concern, a barrier, a struggle, or something that we need to stop doing in order to give personalized learning a chance for students. So which will it be, make or
1: break? I think I'm gonna go with the break. Okay. So um, just, you know, speaking of COVID and the pandemic, I think that um, sometimes we may use that as an excuse to not continue doing the work that we know is so important. Um, so I always try to still encourage everyone, um, especially all the educators out there who are you know, frustrated um, with all the different changes that you may have dealt with this year. Um, but always to go back to that core of why you're doing this. And deep down, all of us know what's right for students. And I think once we discover new things like personalized learning and the competencies, um, once you know there's something out there better, um, you know, you do better. So um, I definitely think, um, you know, COVID has been a nasty thing and it's created a lot of negative things, but I think we also, need to not use that as an excuse to not continue doing what's right for kids.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And on that same note, um, the last question I want to ask you is what advice do you have for educators who are just hearing about the profile of South Carolina graduate competencies? They don't really know where to start, but they're interested. What
1: advice do you have for them? So, you know, I recently was working through a pathway for a professional development that I was doing with some teachers and wanted to use the competencies as part of that. So, you know, as you're planning, always start with your standard, you know, that's never going away. Um, But also, you know, take a moment to look through the competencies and um, see, you know, where's some verbiage that's the same, where some pieces Um, you know, maybe one skill and one little level where you can reference to add another layer to your activity that you're doing with students. Um, You know, even like the sustaining wellness is great. You could just start with kindness and loop that in, you know, and get your feet wet with that one. But I definitely think um, don't get overwhelmed, you know, by the documents. Um, You know, they're large because they're meant for K through 12 and they cover a lot of different skills just as the profile of the South Carolina graduate covers a lot of skills. So Mm -hmm. just start small, but start somewhere and grab a think partner to think through it with you. Don't feel like you have to do that all on your own.
0: Speaking of which, um, if there's someone who's listening to this episode and they've been really intrigued by some of the resources and things that you've discussed, how can they best get in
1: touch with you or be able to follow your journey? So Twitter is a great place to find me um, at Becky Funderburg. So it's not hard to find me. The B is capitalized and the F is capitalized. And then you can also find me um, at my school's website, um, which is Saluda Trail Middle School. And you can email me um, through that site. So Twitter or email would be the great place to find me. And I do love sharing what we've done. I definitely... um, Would love to save some people some of the headache, (laughs) not necessarily headache, but just some of the time that we've spent creating things. We're happy to share that if that gets you moving in this direction quicker.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll be right back to close things out. Thanks again for tuning in to today's episode of Making It Personal. Connect with the Office of Personalized Learning by visiting our website, personalizedsc.ed.sc.gov. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share with a friend, and tune in for a new episode every month. We'll catch you next time on Making It Personal. See ya!